Well, glad to be here tonight. Yeah. Amen. We're here in the house, and we have a new series starting tonight. Amen. <clears throat> and so, in this new series is some really good challenges in this new series. If you're watching this online, just know that you need to do everything that we're challenging, that I'm challenging to do here, you need to do it there. Amen? Amen. Just like you're right here, because you kind of are. Amen? <laughs> Amen. There's no distance in the spirit realm, right? And I tell you what, that's more valuable today than it's ever been, because of technology and everything that's involved. There's no distance in the spirit realm. So what God's really about is His Word. I was watching Brother Hagen a while back uh, on, on video on YouTube. I was watching Brother Hagen. And he, he's been in heaven since 2004. <laughs> and it was like I was right there in the meeting, you know, because there's no distance in the spirit with what's being said. Amen? With the Word of God and, and what's being preached. Woo, man. I mean, it, that, that, that message that I was watching was probably preached in the, in the 1980s. And, uh, and it impacted me like it was present day. Amen? Amazing. It's amazing, the Word of God. Uh, just, it, it never ceases to amaze me how impacting and profound that the Word of God is and how it's daily taking all of us that do anything with it to a new, new place, new levels, all the time, giving us wisdom and insight that we've never had before. Amen? Well, tonight, our new series is entitled, What You Say Matters. What You Say Matters. And I believe you're going to come through this series spend some time on it even after we minister it, you're going to come through this series believing something about what we're talking about tonight that you've never seen before. That's, what, that's, what, that's where my faith is. Because as I've spent time in this and studied this, I've, you've been around here at all, we've ministered along these lines many, many times, but I've never preached what I'm going to preach to you in these next four Wednesday nights or so. Amen? So, get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Woo! We're going to nail it in Jesus' name. What you say matters. So, in every message, I will repeat this statement. And I want you to think about this statement. <clears throat> what you say gives him access into your life or not. What you say gives him access into your life or he has no access into your life based on what you say. And we got to believe that. We truly have to believe that. And foundational scripture, one of them that I'm going to read tonight, um, I'm going to read in two translations, and I want to read the, 
first couple of verses in one translation and then start over in another translation and read to verse 12. So we're going to start in James chapter 3 and verse 1. James 3 and 1, I want to read this in the New King James. James 3 and 1, he said, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble, we all stumble in many things. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle or control the whole body, everything about you. Mind, spirit, physical attributes, you're able to control everything if you control what you say. And I don't know a clearer way to say it, except when you read it in the message. <laughs> so I want to read the next, I want to read verse 1 through 12 in the message translation. Verse 1. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards. And none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time when we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true... You'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. And then he goes into giving several examples, a horse, a ship, several things, a fire, kindling, you know, a spark. And, and I, want, I want you to kind of pay attention to it because what we're talking about, our, our initial statement is what you say gives God access or not. And so, I want you to pay close attention to the analogies that he's giving here in Scripture that go with what you say. So, he starts with a horse, and he says, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything, and I'm just going to say we're going to remove the nearly. It can accomplish anything. I'll, say, I'll, I'll read that again. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account. Just some flippant word, flippant statement, doesn't seem like it's, ah, you know, I didn't really mean that. But he said, <clears throat> he said, but if it can, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. That goes with our initial statement. What you say gives him access into your life or not. <clears throat> it only takes a spark 
remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. You, you can think of the, the fires that have been started, you know, by somebody, you know, it's, it's dry, grass is dry, the forest is dry, and somebody drives by and throws a cigarette butt out the window, and that catches fire, and, and then thousands and thousands of acres and homes are destroyed as a result of something that's out of control that started with a very little thing. And he's comparing that to what we say. He's comparing that to what we say. He said, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that very thing. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, meaning us speaking things about other people, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up and smoke with it, smoke that is right from the pit of hell. That says it very clearly, and that says it really well, because all of those kinds of, all, all of that type of speech and words out of our mouth is straight from hell. It's not from God. <clears throat> this is scary. You can tame a tiger but you can't tame a tongue. And what he's really talking about there is that if I see, if I see Josh speaking negative things, I can encourage him, but I can't tame that tongue. Only Josh can. His tongue. He's talking here about taming someone else's tongue. I'll read that again. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. You can control a tongue. And he wouldn't say in Scripture that if you never speak a wrong thing, same as a perfect man able to control his whole body. So now, with the Spirit of God on the inside of us, us knowing the Word and who we are in Christ, and the power that He's given us, the authority that He's given us, he said, we can do anything. Is that right? Then this scripture does not mean I can't tame my tongue. Well, you know how it is. You just, you know, you just say stuff and you didn't really mean it, but that's just the way life is. Not based on this and not based on a bunch of other scriptures we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. Not what this is saying. It's saying you're not going to control someone else's tongue. Because the choice has to be made with the one that's in control. I'm in control of me, you're in control of you. The next part of that verse says, it's never been done. No human being has ever controlled someone else's tongue. Never been done. The tongue runs wild. It's like a killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women He made in His image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. 
A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? answer to that is absolutely not. Apple trees don't bear strawberries, right? Absolutely not. Because you, they, they produce after their own kind, right? Strawberries or apples can't produce strawberries. Neither can strawberries produce apples. It doesn't work that way. You produce after its own kind. Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear water, cool water, or a cup of clear, cool water, are you? Answer is no. So what he's talking about is that with our mouth, we're sowing. With our mouth, we're sowing. So what we have to settle is, and I'm going to give you just four or five things, that we have to settle, but there's hundreds of things in your life that you have to come to a place of settling. And when you begin to settle things like I'm mentioning right here, the rest of it becomes a whole lot easier. We don't talk fear. We don't talk fear. We don't talk failure. We don't talk defeat. We don't talk strife and division. We don't talk pride. We don't talk manipulation. And on and on and on and on and on. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. We meaning people that believe the word. You don't talk fear and live in faith. Because it's the wrong thing to talk. Well, you know, I'm just afraid I'm not going to be able to do that. Just afraid I'm not going to be able to accomplish this thing that I'm working on. I'm just really afraid. Just afraid I'm not going to be able to, you know, get to the end of this and really work this out. There may be something difficult. You're not denying the fact that what you're looking at could be, could be fearful, But what you're not going to do is talk fear. You can't. And every time you talk fear, and and, and I'll just tell you this, where you know you've got some work to do is when you're justifying the fact that, well, you know, I said that, but I really didn't mean it. you got some work to do. We're talking about what he's talking about, right? I just gave you Scripture one passage of Scripture that says it all, and, it's, and it repeats it over and over and over again. And we have to become people that really believe that for God to have access in our life, we've got to say the right things. We've got to believe the right things. There's no fear in God. I'll just tell you this about fear. God will never lead you by fear. Well, you know, I'm just not sure if I should go to drive to Dallas or not. But I was praying and I feel like God said, well, you know, you don't need to go, you're going to die. Oh my gosh, you know, and then fear grips your heart or, or however something like that would be. God doesn't speak in fear. Yeah. If he doesn't speak in fear, why would I want to talk fear? 
He's never spoken in fear. If God doesn't want you to do something, He knows what's out there. He knows the end from the beginning. You understand? He knows it all about everything. He doesn't want you to do something. He's not going to put fear on you. He's going to say, don't go. You know how many, how, how, how many statements that Jesus made all through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you look at Jesus' life and ministry, everything that he said, were, most everything he said were one and two words. When he'd pray for people many times, be healed, come out, you know? Uh, we want to know, we want to be able to memorize the whole Bible, and when we're praying over somebody, we want to confess the whole Bible. He just said, be done, this or that, just short little sentences. And so much of what he's trying to get over to us is very simple, but we've got to take it like it's real and do what he said, and then we'll get the results that he got. Can you say amen to that? You never saw Jesus talk fear, or he was never afraid of anything or anyone. Right. Never. And we've got to come to that place in our life, and we're seeing in Scripture the way we come to that place, and we see ourselves elevated in that way is through the things that we say. And I, and I can just tell you the things that we correct that we say, because everybody was born into this world, and you were born into this fallen nature. And as a result of that, everybody's got negativity in their life, looking to speak the negative instead of the positive. So easy to speak negative things. Just, I mean, and, and speak against people or against situations. Very easy to just run that off. You've got a purpose to speak what God says about you. Can you say amen? amen. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting dumber, I'm getting smarter. I say it over myself every day. Hmm? I'm not getting uglier, I'm getting better looking. I mean, I mean, should we? You know, I mean, someone may say, well, you know, you, you don't look all that great. Well, I didn't ask you. You understand? I'm not basing on how good looking I am or you are based on what other people think because that's what he told me to say, you know? I'm getting better, not worse, right? I'm getting healthier every day, not sick. I'm not the sick trying to get well. I'm the well, and sickness and disease has no place in my body. That's just the way it is. I'm getting wealthier by the day, That's right. right? But if you don't say those things, because it's all through Scripture. Everything I just mentioned right there, it's all through Scripture that that's what God says about you. And if you're not saying those things, then those things are not chasing you down. You're trying to find them with all the negativity. So I want you to listen to these two verses of Scripture. I'm going to read them in two different translations. First in the New King James, Proverbs 18 and 20 and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, I want to read this in the New Living Translation. And it, you know, the reason I read translations a lot of times is that it, get, it brings it clearer 
in what is actually being said, okay? So what's the deal with the stomach here, okay? You know, what, what does the stomach have to do with what I'm saying? So listen to this in the New Living Translation. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. I, I, have, I have the ability to fill myself up like a good meal. I have the ability to bring satisfaction in my life on a daily basis by what I say. And if I don't, then I'm always hungry for something. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about in the natural. I mean, that too. That too. When you're not speaking the word, you'll find yourself always hungry in the natural. But you're always hungry in the spiritual, looking for something that you can't find. Yeah. You can read, study, do all this kind of stuff. Because, notice, this satisfaction and this fulfillment and this filling up, it's not by how hard we work, or how much money we make. It's by what we say. It's by what we say. Because how easy is it? Probably all of us in here have been, I'm sure all of us in one form or another have been at this place. How easy is it to put your focus on being satisfied on making money. If I make enough money, if I do enough of this, then I'll be satisfied. But it's kind of like the guy that won the Super Bowl that thought, whoa, whoa, now what's next? <laughs> See, that's not enough. Nothing's enough <laughs> except the Word of God. Right. Nothing can replace the Word of God. And the Word of God won't work for... Randy, just because of what I say. It won't work for me just because of what he says over me. It helps. That's why we pray over one another. But at the end of the day, it's got to be what I say. At the end of the day. When I lay my head down at night, it's got to be me seeing myself the way he sees me because now I'm believing. That song we sang tonight, he loves me. But in the clutter of people's minds, how could he love me? And maybe you don't consciously think that, but subconsciously, man, you're dragging that thing around all over the place. Yeah. And the only thing that can deliver you of that is what you say. That's it. Nothing else will deliver you of that. There's other components that go along with that. But I'm seeing in the Word, this is where, this is the key to all the other areas working. The key to, think about this. Somebody says, yeah, but what about the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit can't reveal anything to you if you don't know Jack. Right? If all you do is have knowledge of just information about things, but you have no understanding, you, you have no clarity about what the Word is really saying, then the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to reveal because you're not doing anything with the Word. 
And you say, well, yeah, but you know, God will just, God will do whatever he wants to do. See, that's the lie. That's the stinking lie from the devil. That God, God's already done everything he's going to do. Yeah, that's right. And he did it for us because he loves us so, he loves me, he loves us so much. If things aren't happening to you from God, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Did you hear what I said? When something doesn't happen, that doesn't mean he does. He loves you. That's it. Settle. Whether you're saved or not, he loves you because he created you. But you know what? You can go to hell if you want. Hell wasn't created for, for human beings. It was created for the devil and demons. But if you choose to go to hell, created in the image of God, everything available to you, and you have access to it, but if you don't choose him, the Bible says your eternity is in another place. That's not God's will. His, his desire is that all be saved and everybody come to the saving knowledge. That's why people need to see how good he is in you, yeah. right? People need to see how good he is because you believe him. And you believe what I'm talking about tonight, that this is how you become convinced of how much he truly loves you. Again, it's not by the hard work or how much money we make. It's how we believe in what we say because it becomes a life and death matter. Life and death are in the power of what we say. It becomes life and death. That's how serious this is. I'm telling you, it's serious. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, it's serious like no other. So, I want you to, I've got a, a passage tonight that I'm going to leave you with at the end of this message that I'm going to read. But before I read it, <clears throat> I, want to, I want to break down just some different examples of what I'm talking about tonight, about the things that people say, okay? And, I, and, and what you've got to do, I'm, I'm going to give you a few examples, but then you've got to fit this in to things in your life that, you, that God wants to show you that needs to stop coming out of your mouth, okay? And so I'm just going to give you j just some examples. And, and it doesn't mean that you're going to agree with what I say tonight. You're not going to necessarily agree that that's that big of a deal, but over time you will because I'm not sharing with you anything that I'm not absolutely 150% convinced that this is a big deal. Yeah. And, and, I, and the examples I'm giving you tonight are examples that I hear other people say a lot. And this is at the top of the list. People joking around about something like this. They can't find their keys. Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. Man, I just had them and I, I don't know where they're at. I'm, I'm literally losing my stinking mind. <laughs> and like that's not a big deal. Because what you're saying out of your mouth, you say it enough, you'll believe it. Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. No. No. Think of the things that you can say if you can't find your keys. Number one, I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. 
wherever my keys are, the Bible says everything hidden will be brought to the light. Father, I thank you for my keys manifesting. Anybody ever prayed that and things manifested? I mean, time and time and time and time and time again. And the more you practice that, the more conscious you are of how real God is in your life. Let me ask you this really tough question. Does God know where your keys are? <laughs> I mean, he, he knows exactly. He knows everything about everything. So I need him, but it starts with what I say. It just does. <laughs> oh, man, here's another one. Man, I'm so tired. I feel like I'm going to die. You literally feel like you're going to die? I, I heard somebody say this. That's probably been eight or ten months ago somebody said this. And I, said, and I asked him, I said, you, you like, you literally going to die? Oh, no, I didn't mean that. I just meant, okay. And, you know, I didn't say anything else to him. Don't, don't hammer people over stuff like that. They, they, they don't have any understanding because you're just going to run them off and they're going to think you're a nut, right? It's not meant to do that. It's when people start asking questions. Well, how do you, how do you overcome in this way right here? Well, let me tell you. Like I'm telling you tonight, you know? You're just sitting and listening. You're not going to argue with me tonight, right? You're, just, you're listening. You don't have to agree, but this is my story, my pulpit. <laughs> Amen? Right. So tired I'm going to die. No? No. I don't care how tired I feel. The Word of God enlightens me and it renews my strength. It gives me power and ability that are beyond my natural ability. Those are the things that you need to be speaking over yourself. That needs to be a part of your daily routine all the time. Even when you're not tired. Especially when you're not tired, you need to be saying those things so that when you are tired... Boom, that's what comes up out of the inside of you. Instead of, huh, so tired, I feel like I'm going to die. The more you say that, the more you believe it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Through fear, I hear this a lot, through fear, I mean, I, I, mean, I hear this probably close to every day. Um, yesterday, I was on a Zoom call with somebody, and and, and they didn't realize what they were saying, but they were asking me, like, about, they're in another country, and they were asking me, um, what are you doing with your money? And I said, what do you, what do you mean? He said, like, like, your investments and things like that, or money that you have in the bank, you know, like you have in a bank account. I said, well, I, I don't, I, I just tell you right now, I don't leave much money in the bank. There's, you know, 0.2% interest isn't a whole lot. <laughs> I'm looking for, for things that are generating, you know, money and that kind of thing. And so we kind of laughed about that. He said, well, you know, what, what they're saying, you know, like in Canada, they, they seized people's accounts and the banks and those kind of things, and it could happen here and, the, and that now is all this. And, and, and so I can hear it coming out of his mouth, and as I'm hearing it, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the fear. You, you understand? So, you know, I, I'm not saying we don't need to be smart. I'm not saying that we don't need to make right choices, but my choices have to be made from what I've been saying. 
Amen? And I'm not afraid. No terror will come near me. No, nobody's going to catch me off guard. Not when God's got my front, got my sides, got my back. God's in everything because of what I'm saying on a daily basis. Then if I hear reports of something, if I give in to fear and make choices based on fear, then I'm going to do stupid things. Because God knows what's valid and what isn't in reports. That's why you cannot believe the media. Wow! You just can't. And so many people get sucked into that and find themselves talking about how bad everything is all the time. The more you talk about that, the worse it gets. I don't know about you, but, man, I, I feel like sometimes I, I live, you know, people say, man, did, did, did you, how'd you do in that, in that real difficult time? I said, what difficult time? Uh, and, and the reason it was difficult is because what they were listening to, what was coming out of their mouth. It was difficult. I'm not saying that there's not times that situations happen. Everybody's been, has faced something or had financial issues. I, I have, I promise you. I've had financial issues and things that I've been faced with, but God's seen me through every single thing because no matter what it looks like, I'm not giving in to that. I'm staying with Him. I'm a tither. I'm a seed sower. I'm a confessor of what God says is so. Then I'll have what He says, and I have the wisdom. Any man lacks wisdom, ask of God. He'll give it to you freely, and He'll never withhold His wisdom that you need in any situation that you face. I don't care what it looks like. God will see you through. Even when it seems like there is absolutely no way, you mean you're just waiting around for God? No. No, I'm listening to God and doing what He's telling me to do. And you won't see that on the news. You won't hear about what I'm doing on the news. What someone else is doing that's hearing God on the news. You won't hear that on the news. But what are we doing when we're hearing God, when we're declaring things out of our mouth that God says? What are we doing? We are, we are finding the wealth in the secret places. We're finding things that in the natural, nobody, people don't even know they're, are there. And in the natural, you may not even know it's there. But you're hearing Him and He's leading you. And then all of a sudden, you find things and things manifest in the natural. I'm not talking about things being dropped to you out of the sky. I'm talking about opportunities coming your way that in the natural they shouldn't have. But it all comes. It all is based on what you say. Everything. Um, You know, I, just for example, and, and this, is, this is the point that I'm making, I want to make sure I'm clear on this, that take the situation like losing something, okay? Let's, let's take that. And you, and, and you can apply that to other areas of your life. But I, I told the story about that ring that I, that was misplaced right, in the airport. I told that story about that. Well, <laughs> I've got a lot of these stories for some reason. Um, but I was in Israel. 
and we were, we were in, in Jerusalem, and, and we were actually in the walled city, and we were eating at a restaurant. And there was about probably 15 of us at the table. And so we finished eating, and we got up, and we walked through the Palestinian area of the walled city and went into the Jerusalem side, the Israeli side, and went through there and to the other side where, where our cars were outside of the wall of the city. And I'm walking and I do this and I'm thinking, my wallet. Okay? So think of the thoughts, okay? My license, my credit cards, my money, some of my money, this, that, and the other. That's where my mind was. Um, I didn't have my passport, but I had, a, I had a paper in there that was attached to my passport that was in my wallet. And so my thoughts were, my thoughts were, <laughs> right? Because you don't usually retrieve something like that. But out of the inside of me, everything hidden is brought to the light. My gu our guide, oh my, he, he went off, you know. And I just had to tune him out, just turned him off. No, I will find that wallet. I will find it. I will find it. And, and I, I, there was all kinds of things, and I told them, I, they were, in the story I'm going to read here in just a second, you'll see I'm, I, I, this is exactly what I did. And, and about six of them were, had all kinds of different words. And, and I said, hey, y'all stay here, and I'm going to go find it. Oh, no, we got to come. No, 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 I, I'm going. I, I know how to get there. And I wasn't sure that I knew how to get there, but bless God, I'm going to get there. But I don't need to hear this mess on the way there. And so I went. And I went in the restaurant. It took me like 30 minutes to get to the restaurant. When I got there, I said, hey, I was sitting at that table. Did you see a wallet anywhere? And the guy said, no. He said, you want to go look around it? I said, yeah. So I looked everywhere. I looked around under the table, everything, you know. And the Spirit of God said, just keep looking. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just keep looking. And I went to the chair I was sitting in, and I pulled it back. And, and they were cushion chairs. And when you sat, they kind of opened up. And my wallet was stuck right there. Right there. Pulled it out. Nobody had seen it. They'd cleaned the table and the whole thing. It just, kind of, it just kind of blended in with the chair. And there it was. Because of what? What I said, the, the first things that I said, not really. It's what I'd been saying every day for years. Yes, I didn't give in to the thoughts and the, the screaming that was going on in my head. So you have thoughts in your head that you don't have to give in to in the natural. Doesn't mean you don't have all kinds of things and thoughts and whatever, but we don't give in to that. But the power that, that, that we have inside of us is the result of what we've been saying previous. And that's why I found that wallet. Not because of me. It's because of what he taught me to do. And what Jesus did at Calvary empowered me to find things that are hidden because he knows where they're at. He had it protected. 
I mean, if an angel had to slip it inside there, I don't know how it got in there, but that's where it was. And he led me right to it because I would not let the negativity affect what I was doing. And I'm just telling you, you need to apply that to your life in every single area. Can you say amen? amen. So remember this thought, and then I'm going to read this story, and then I'll be done. Everything you say affects the progress and the outcome of your life from today on. Nothing you can do about the past. It's over with. Amen? But I promise you, you can change what you say from today on. I'm going to read that again. Everything you say affects the progress and the outcome of your life forever, from here on. Affects the outcome of your life forever. Every single thing you say. I don't have to say the wrong thing. It's a choice. Some of the choices are made based on not understanding, like what we're talking about here. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the more you change what you say about yourself is where you'll, you'll change what you say about other things or other people, right? Um, this is another real big one, you know. When something happens that is that, like there's no answer for why you did what you did. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, sometimes we just do stupid things. You know, we shouldn't have whatever. And if you give in to that mess and you allow yourself to say those kind of things and continue, then that's the way it'll be. That's the way it'll be. You'll just, from now on, continuously just be another stupid human. I don't want to be a stupid human. I want to be somebody that makes a choice with everything that comes out of my mouth. I can say, because I've practiced this for years, I'm a whole lot slower to say anything, paying attention to what God would tell me to do about something, than I am to just rattle stuff out of my mouth. But it just comes from practice. And you have to practice it. And nobody can do it but you. For you. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to read this story to you. Um, out of Mark chapter 5. <clears throat> and I'm going to read a piece of it. Then explain the middle. And then go to the last part of it. <clears throat> so it's Mark chapter 5 and starting with verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. Man, I am getting excited about going to the promised land. Can't wait to go to Israel. Anyway, every time I read this, I can see it. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, when Jairus saw Jesus, watch this, he fell at his feet, begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I mean, she had contracted something, she's 12 years old, 
She's about to die, and this is what Jairus said, okay? This is what Jairus said. This is what he said out of his mouth. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, let me ask you this question. Did, that, did those words get Jesus' attention? <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. He saw some things. And so that was said, and he said, <clears throat> so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him, and then the woman with the issue of blood comes on the scene. Now, I promise you Jesus hadn't forgotten that Jairus. Why? Because of what he said. He said, he begged him, all you have to do is come, you'll lay hands on her, and she will live. He said that. Jesus didn't tell him to say that. He said that. So, for him to say that, then he had some kind of a belief system already set in place that Jesus could accomplish that. So, then the woman with the issue of blood comes on the scene, and all the things that happened with her, and, and then she's healed, and, you know, he, he said to his disciples, who touched me? And they said, you know, people have thronged you. And he said, no, somebody touched me in essence with faith, who really believed in what she was believing for. And so that happened. She was healed. And then we're to the next verse, in verse 35. <clears throat> And while he was still speaking, while Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, see, he already heard the word that Jairus spoke. Then he hears this word. This is like, you know, God heard Joshua and Caleb in the coming the spies that went in to spy out the promised land, God heard Joshua and Caleb, and then he heard the other ten. And so that's kind of what this situation was here. He heard what Jairus said, Jesus did, but then he heard what these guys were saying. Um, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, back to Jairus now, Jairus, look at me, look at me. Look at me. Look at me and listen to what I'm saying. Why? Because Jairus could relate to these words. Other people would let them roll off their head. And when you don't have a daily routine developed, when you're not in the process of changing what you say on a day-to-day basis, you don't get this. You don't get this. Jairus, look at me and listen to me. Do not be afraid, only believe. See, Jesus, that's, that, I mean, his vocabulary was very small when it came to ministry. Jairus, let me tell you about all this stuff, and you know, this is what I think you should do. And, no, Jairus, remember what you said. Do not be afraid of the report, of the bad report. Do not be afraid, like with me, with my wallet. Bert, don't be afraid that I can't find the wallet. I've got the wallet. Now, only believe. 
I believe as they were walking back, we don't have a count of this, but I believe as they were walking back, Jairus was just, you know what? Jesus said that, then I believe it. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe it. I've seen too many things that he has done already. He, listen, in the short period of time that we're talking about that Jesus had been ministering, Jairus had to have been around a lot. He saw a lot of things happen. And in his life, that's where he was basing his belief. If he did it for him, he's going to do it for my daughter. I'm telling you today, if I gave you a testimony that God found my wallet, will he do it for you? I'm not, not that he hadn't done it for you before. I'm just saying, when you hear something like that, that's what we have to believe. But Pastor Bert said that that happened in his life because of the things that he had spoken daily for many years when it came time to allow that to come out of his mouth. He shut his mouth. He was not afraid. He only believed. And that's what I did. And notice the rest of what I did was kind of like, and I wasn't thinking about this passage, but I was thinking about it when I was thinking about the wallet situation as I was reading this in the last few days. He said, And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw a tumult there. And those who wept and wailed and on and on and on, and he came in and he said to them, why, why are you making commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. They ridiculed him. This guy's an idiot. What, is the, what the heck is going on? And that Jairus is watching all of this. Now they're weeping. She's dead. And you know what? She was. She was dead. He raised her from the dead. When he said she's sleeping, her body was sleeping. But he brought it back. She was dead. I mean I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there was a doctor there with the girl. She had been sick probably for a while. There was a doctor there. He diagnosed her, says she's dead. That's why they said. So th- he was dead. she was dead for a while. It looks impossible. There's no way. And he says, says that they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside... Who did he take with him? First and foremost, he got the father and the mother of the child. He got Jairus and his wife. And those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and entered where the child was lying, then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, remember, arise. He didn't preach a sermon at her. He just said, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years old, and they were overcome with great amazement. I imagine, right? They were overcome with great amazement. Why? Because, you know, everybody was amazed, but I promise you, and it doesn't, we don't have a count of what Jairus' response or anything else was. I mean, he was elated and and the fear that tried to grip his mind, we don't see any evidence that he gave into that. Not any evidence. And I'm just telling you, we have to be a people that rise up and we will not give in to the things that I was talking about tonight. We're not giving in to anything. And we're not letting our mouths talk death, talk fear, talk defeat, 
talk anything other than what God says is so. And the more you talk the things that God says is so, it changes the way you think so that then when it comes time for a pressure situation, you notice when I was, when I was in Israel with my wall, I wasn't grabbing, I wasn't grabbing my iPad to go and confess all the things that I say every day. Listen to me, that doesn't work. See, we don't confess those things to throw scriptures at a problem. We confess those things to renew our minds, to be convinced of what God says about us. So when those times come, then it comes out of us. Holy Spirit reminds you. I promise you, I can, I can see myself right there in the middle of that place. And I mean, I mean, it's kind, when you're somewhere, when you're in another country and you're thinking, you know, the thoughts are coming to your mind, you know, okay, so I lose all this stuff. What are they going to, what are they, you know, what are they going to do with you? you know, I mean, there's all these thoughts that come to your head. No, 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 no. I live in a safe place because the Holy Spirit was, re- I mean, it's amazing. People say to me, Pastor, how do, you, how do you remember those scriptures like that? Like, like somebody will see me speaking something in a, in a given situation. How do you remember that? Because the Holy Spirit brings it back. Because, it, you know, there's a lot of scripture that I have memorized because of what I speak every day. But it's not the scripture I have memorized that comes out of me at, at the right time. A word spoken in season will do whatever needs to be done. And that's the word that's inside of you. So all those things that the Holy Spirit was reminding of, we were shutting down what was trying to go on in my mind and trying to come out of my mouth. Not one word. So see, we don't have to say the wrong thing, and we can still have a head full of ugly thoughts. Like Brother Hagin always said, not held accountable for the thoughts that you have, you're held accountable for the words that come out of your mouth. I'm telling you tonight, this truth we're talking about now and in the next few weeks, this is something we have to grow into like we never have before. I'm talking about me, you, all of us. We've got to grow into this to another level and another place in our lives. And and as I was saying earlier, anybody that's watching this, you know, online, anybody that's watching it, even at a later date, as you're watching it or listening to it, you need to take this really serious. How many say amen to that tonight?